Well, hello, guys. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Anxiety Sucks. Hello, uh, hello. This... welcome back. Yeah. Today yeah. we have a special guest again. Uh, Megan, how are you? Hi. How are I'm you? Megan. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Megan. Not the doll. Not Megan the doll. Oh. No. Yeah, I was so <laughs> upset that they did that to me. You know, my mom's name is Carrie. So now we both have like horror um, movies with our oh, name. No. I'm so jealous. <laughs> that's cool so what do you do megan yeah what do i do i yeah. am a student at ucla um Work. i graduate this spring with my mm-hmm. bachelor's in psychology and then um i'm a yoga instructor which feels so weird to say because i feel like that's so off-brand for me but i am <laughs> <laughs> i mean psychology you know yoga i feel like it can go hand in hand like it focusing does. on the brain you know yeah. Um, that's so awesome. But I think if you told like my eight-year-old self or even my 12-year-old self that I was teaching yoga, they would be like, what the heck, Megan? Like, where did we go wrong? <laughs> where did this happen? <laughs> no, you're like, I'm supposed to be an astronaut with a pet dinosaur. What are you talking right? about? Right? Like whatever happened to being a princess, but um, <laughs> it honestly... I now that I do it, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. I love my job so dang much. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I take, I partake in yoga sometimes and it is so much fun. It's one of like my favorite things to do. I just haven't done it in a really long time. We should get mm-hmm. back into it. Uh, yeah. Hot yoga is like preferably my fave. Mm, that would be me for sure. I've never tried mm-hmm. it, but I just I generally feels... go to the sauna already. So I'm like, no, yeah. what's, what's some yoga? You know? It feels just really nice. Cause you just, because it's so hot in there, you're just, it feels like you're just sweating out like all of the toxins in your body you know this is true yeah so yeah funny story my first ever yoga class I was in high school and my friend was like hey they're doing this hot yoga class do you want to come with me and I was like sure she didn't really tell me until like the day of that was a level two hot yoga class so it was above 100 degrees it was pretty hot (laughs) um and I was like I don't know that we should be doing this I've never even done yoga before better yet (laughs) like a hot yoga class and then it's saying on the website that like your first couple of classes you're supposed to adjust and like really not do yoga and she's like it's fine I've done it before but she's like an athlete I'm not so <laughs> I went and I was like I decided in that moment I hate yoga I'm never doing it ever again I just sat on the floor dying the entire time and I wanted yeah. so badly to leave but I guess like yoga etiquette you're really not supposed to be like opening and closing doors and getting up and walking around mm-hmm. and all that stuff so I just sat there miserable for like the whole hour oh. I don't know how I ever got myself you're like pounding on the door yeah <laughs> let me out ah. <laughs> like a just, you know, coming out I don't want to be rude but I'm dying <laughs> so how did you okay after that experience how did you like decide to become a yoga instructor like what made you want to go back into it (laughs) yeah you're like this is awful I want to do this forever (laughs) well I was about 16 years old and I was dealing with like the peak of my depression I Mm. have dealt with mental health issues my entire life but you know teenagehood is when it really hit me and so I was desperate and looking for any sort of remedy and I heard about this thing called uplifting yoga And so they were offering something called like an eight week series. So you go once a week for eight weeks and you learn all these tools, you know, that are mindfulness related and like how to meditate and how to journal and like do things for your mental health. And yoga was one of 
the things that they offered. It's called uplifting yoga. And so I was like, well, I don't really want to do the yoga part, but I guess I'll go. I'll see how it works out. And so, you know, honestly, my first series, I reluctantly sat through the yoga parts and just kind of did it. And then once the yoga was over, I'm like, okay, that's done. Like now we get to do the fun stuff. And yeah. then I don't know, I guess I really grew a liking for it because yoga is a really great way to channel your emotions into your body. We're so in mm-hmm. our head most of the time and really our emotions are felt inside of our body. And so being able to like move that energy around is really good. Awesome. Um, and now you is now you work for a police teen yoga, which is kind of fun. And now I work for them. <laughs> Ooh, Megan, I have a question for you. What, what would you tell someone who's never done yoga before? Who's interested? Like what, what would you say to them if they're like, I want to do yoga. I've never tried it. Like, what would you, what, what is, what do you expect? Like what? Yeah. I think based off of my experience, I would just say, don't expect it to be love at first sight. People talk about how much they love it and how it saved them and been so good for their mental health and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, for some people, it's just not that experience, especially at first. I think you really have to experiment with what studios you go to, what yoga teachers you're taking from, especially now you see so many corporate businesses that are kind of commercializing yoga and um it's more about the sweat and the workout than it is about like the mental and the body practice Mm -hmm. so I think definitely experiencing different types of yoga and different environments and talking to different people about it and also I think finding your community is a huge part of yoga a lot of people what they get out of it is like being a regular at a studio and like knowing a certain set of people that they see every time and that's really comforting Mm -hmm. like having a community yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's oh, actually like a, so, so interesting. Because, <laughs> I get a little yoga community. It's a little so yoga community. I mean, that's what I get out of it. Yeah. And, you know, when they try to study yoga, they've tried to do so many studies on like the effects of yoga and mental health and mental illness. And it's almost impossible because there's so many extraneous variables and things that are like confounding, like the fact that there is community and you go and like you might get like your smoothie beforehand or like, you know, you're working up a sweat and then there's music, like you can't isolate the practice of yoga to study Mm -hmm. it. So there's so many things happening at once, but I don't know, they're all so good and they work for me. So that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Awesome. What would you say is like the mental aspect of it? Cause yoga, you, you use so much of your body. Mm -hmm. What, what part of it is like the mental aspect, like what that does for you? Yeah. I mean, for one thing, when I teach, I really tried to just hold my students and helping them understand that like, it's okay to be inside of your head. Cause I know so many people do yoga to get out of their head and into their body, but like, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. You're going to have a chatty mind. And worst of all, you're going to be saying things to yourself like, oh, I don't look like this person next to me, or I'm not this flexible, mm-hmm. or I'm not feeling strong right now. Like it's a lot of negative self-talk. So I try to just let people know that that's normal and it's going to happen. And you kind of just have to embrace it and become one with it and listen to it and then redirect your head in another direction. So it's a really good practice because this happens throughout our daily life. We have negative self-talk come up Mm -hmm. and we just like, it's so automatic and so normal for us that we just choose to believe it and like, let it happen. So when you're on a yoga mat, you can practice stopping it and like kind of rewire your brain so that you create a habit of turning it into some positive self-talk. 
I feel yeah. like you did a, like a great way at explaining that because one of the reasons why I haven't really tried yoga, I feel like is because I'm like, oh, I'm just one of those people that just can't quiet their thoughts. Like yeah. I wouldn't be able to successfully accomplish yoga because my mind would always be running mm -hmm. and I would be thinking about, you know, weird things or yeah, like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I don't look like that person or, you know, like what if I fart or like, yeah. you know, anything like that. So it's really cool that you talk to your students about like that stuff is completely mm -hmm. normal. Like welcome that, embrace it mm -hmm. and, you know, be friends with it. Yeah. I like that. I think like. I mean, in my experience, I've in the some of the yoga classes I've been to, I've been to like a few different studios and I've definitely had the experience of people being there and kind of like it's already like a mentality of people already comparing themselves to others, which it, this is like a studio I personally just didn't like because of that fact. And it was very it just what it like you said it was some people think of it as more as like just the workout rather than like the mental aspect of it and this was definitely that type of studio and so I just was like oh I don't really love this because you know I feel kind of weird and I just didn't I don't know I wasn't as good as everyone and everyone was kind of like seemed to be judging other people so I think it can be like you just have to play around with like what works for you and like what is best because I think like you said, it's, it might not be like love at first sight when you like first start practicing yoga or something. Also, I feel like a lot of people have the problem of like, I'm not flexible enough to be in yoga. Mm -hmm. And like, that is like the one like driving factor of like, oh, I'm not going to even try this because I'm not flexible. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, like I, I've seen people like, you know, they go in like, yeah, they might not be as flexible, but they're still getting out, getting the same Thing out of it is like anyone who is just flexible like you don't have to be flexible to do yoga and what I think I mean from my beliefs of it yeah yeah and I think you start somewhere right like you have to start somewhere like not yeah. everybody is like born flexible you know yeah yeah 100 and I'm so tight that I feel like honestly I get so insecure as a yoga instructor because I feel like I have to be flexible to kind of you know when, especially to when I need something like, like that they kind like of you expect have to me be... to be Mm -hmm. yeah. um but I'm not I'm just a super I'm really tight and I always have been I used to dance growing up and like that was one of my biggest insecurities is I couldn't do any of the cool leg holds or tricks or whatever yeah. so yeah but I also feel like it sets a great example that you don't have to be flexible to do yoga mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there's true. so much more to it than flexibility yeah <laughs> yeah I love that I love like the inclusivity and stuff that you're talking mm -hmm. about yeah um how has like how do you think yoga has like helped you in your mental I mean you've kind of touched on this already but like how has it helped you in your like mental health journey now like kind of looking back on it from mm -hmm. like when you first started yeah it really did change my life because like I said I didn't know what to do and I was kind of just looking for anything that might mm -hmm. work and I've tried everything under the sun I've tried you know, therapy and I still go to therapy and I advocate for it, but mm -hmm. you know, also medication. And, um, I even did this like form of therapy where they like would send electric signals like through your fingers. And it was, oh. I couldn't completely explain it, but <laughs> I Is it kind like of like, yoga... like shock therapy, like in a way, but it did kind of feel like that almost. I was like, this is, I don't know. It was weird, but that's so interesting. 
I'm yeah, like, I did like one or two sessions of that. And I was like, this sucks. I'm never doing it again. Um, <laughs> so I don't like, know. how do you feel? Well, I like you a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I gave that up. But I felt like yoga was the only thing that really worked for me. Like I mm-hmm. found myself feeling better after it. I've never regretted doing yoga. Um, and so that's kind of the way I look at it, especially when I kind of compare it to like taking a shower, like you really don't want to get in, but once you're in, like you never want to leave. And so you kind of have to get over that initial, I guess, lethargy of just like not wanting to get in the clothes and move your body. But I don't know. I've always felt good after doing it and have always benefited from doing it. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to add here. (laughs) That's that's fair. Cause that's like, that's what basically how I describe going to the gym. Mm -hmm. Like every time I go, it's like, I want to go, but I don't want to start. Like, I feel like starting is like the toughest part. It is, you know, it's like once you get your kind of your blood flowing and you start, you know, breaking a sweat or you, your, your body starts to feel good. Then you're like, Oh, I could stay here for like, an hour and a half, mm-hmm. maybe two hours. Yeah. Type of thing. So yeah, my my like absolute favorite part of yoga that I ne- I never want to leave is like at the end when you're just kind of like laying there and maybe like meditating or you're just you're really just like you're closing your eyes and you're just like breathing. Yeah. It is the most relaxing, like am- amazing feeling in the world. And that is like that like 10 minutes like you want it to last forever and you never ever want to get up and you never want to leave. And it's just, you feel so like at peace in that moment. It's just so yeah. fun. Shavasana yeah. is so controversial because you get people like you who love it. <laughs> and then there's people like Chris who are like, I don't know, I'm too in my head and yeah. <laughs> clear my thoughts. And so I get people that come up to me afterwards and they're like, I hated that. Like, can we do a little less of that laying down thing next time? Because I liked it when I was moving and I was distracted, not when it was just like me and my thoughts all of a sudden. And Mm -hmm. everyone's like, so I don't know, but, um, yeah, I feel like sometimes it can be like that, like standing still, mm -hmm. like I think standing still and like laying down with no sound, like really just kind of trips me out. Yeah. You know, like I def I have weird thoughts like throughout the day. Yeah. But they're kind of drowned out with whatever I'm doing. And they're just kind of like they're like little muffled, like, oh yeah, look at that palm tree, you know. And then like if it's just completely silent, like I start Mm -hmm. like thinking about like all this weird stuff, like, you know, um, like I don't know, it could be anything, like ostriches, you know, (laughs) why aren't they like the world's most feared predator? Or why don't we have them in, you know, North America? Like it could be I just (laughs) think the most random stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, quieting those thoughts would be kind of cool, but also yeah. embracing them while doing yoga, <laughs> you know, might be another option that I could look into. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, I find when I try to quiet them, they don't, it gets worse. Cause then my brain's like, yeah. oh, it's a game now. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. want to play that? <laughs> you want to play that? Let's think about this as much as possible. And just yeah. really drill it in. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, kind of, I guess I kind of want to hear more about, um, like, what was it like to have depression? Like, what would you, if someone was like, like, jumping right in? (laughs) Yeah. like (laughs) If someone was like, hey, Megan, like, what was that like? How would you describe it? 
it feels like so many different things because it really depends on like what phase of your life you're in. Um, for me, and it feels different for everyone too. So mm -hmm. for me, depression feels just like empty, like nothing. You're just like floating through life and mm. you don't get excited about anything. And like you wake up and it's just like, you want to sleep and sleep and sleep and sleep and never wake up. Yeah. Um, for me, I see depression a lot in the form of sleeping. Um, mm. but I remember when I was a teenager, it just felt like I had no feelings and like I was a robot and had to put on this mask to kind of seem like a functioning human being. Um, and that got exhausting and probably led to even more depression. Cause then I'm like burnt out from trying to pretend and you're so like trying to hide it. Right. Did your friends yeah. ever like say anything or did you, did you have friends? Did you push people away at that time? Like what was, what was that like? Yeah. So I always say I'm like a very high functioning depressed person when I am depressed, it's so hard to see it. Cause I'm so good at hiding it. And like, mm. I go about my daily responsibilities and things get done. And like, you just wouldn't know. Yeah. I'm not like stereotypically isolating myself or not, you know, getting things done on my to-do list. And so, um, I forgot your question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you pretty much answered it. I mean, like, what was depression like? Like I've had my, I mean, I struggle with depression. It's, I, it's a lot of self-care. It's a lot of going to the gym, drinking plenty uh -huh. of water, like, getting lots of sleep but when I wasn't doing any of that that's exactly how I would describe it it's just like nothingness mm -hmm. like it's just it empty you don't like want to do anything like ever again you want to sleep I think that was my thing too like I loved to sleep mm -hmm. yeah. I just didn't want to get up I didn't want to have to do anything like can I just stay in bed all day like no motivation like there's no like even hanging out with friends like there was nothing that I wanted to do except for like be in my bed, you know, yeah. listen to music, watch TV, distract myself. Um, yeah, it was rough. So yeah. I'm glad that you like found yoga. Like that is really cool mm -hmm. that you found your thing, like unexpected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hear oh, oh yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, yeah, to your point, I don't think anyone really noticed that I was depressed. And I actually like had to tell people that I was struggling with depression once it became more of a problem. So that was like a whole thing when I was probably 15 or 16, I had to like, I actually told my cousin cause my cousins are like my best friends. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, we're all really close in age. So I kind of grew up That's with awesome. them and they've mm -hmm. always been like my sisters. And so you know, understandably, she had some concern and she communicated that to my mom. And then it was like a whole thing where I basically oh, no. had to like reveal to my mom that I've been struggling with depression all this time. And, you know, she was upset because she cares for me, but it was so hard for her to wrap her head around that. And naturally, I feel like a lot of parents experience a lot of guilt, kind of like, where did I go wrong? How did I yeah. let this happen? So there was a lot of that to deal with, but. Yeah. I think when someone is like struggling with depression, um, like guilt is such like a big part of it that I feel like not many people talk about. And it's, 
it's different. I mean, like it can either you feel guilty that you can't like do certain things or you just like don't have the motivation. Like for me, particularly lack of motivation was always my biggest struggle. And I like I get in these periods of time where I have literally no motivation to do anything. And it's just like the worst days and they're just so long. And you you just feel like guilty for yourself because you're like, why can't I just like go do this? Like, why is this so hard? Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, like you have, it's like the guilt with yourself, but then it's also like you said, it's like your parents, like they have the guilt of feeling like they messed up in some way, or like your friends feel like they're guilty that they can't like, you know, help you like right away. Cause I feel like when people care about you, all they want to do is like immediately help you. And they want to like fix the problem. Mm, and, yeah. and it's so hard to do that. I mean, that's just, it's just like how it is. It's not like you can't just pick, Oh, this is what we do. And you know, you just turn some dials and we're all good now. It's not like that. Yeah. So Have you ever I tried think... not being sad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Can you take an yeah. Advil maybe? Yeah. yeah. Take an Advil. So, so when it's, you know, like then they feel guilty that they can't help you. So it's just like this battle of like guilt. And like, for me, guilt is definitely one of the things that like eats away at me all the time. And I struggle with it all constantly And I just think it's such a, I just feel like no one talks about like that aspect of it. And I feel like it should be more talked about. Um, Yeah, but it's like, it's just a really like, just sucky feeling. It's really not great. Even when you're like struggling on your, with your depression, um, even though you don't feel like you're doing anything, it is so mentally exhausting Mm -hmm. the toll that it takes on, on your mentality which also affects your body you feel fatigue Mm -hmm. um i almost like at some point i'm like what is medically wrong with me like i mean obviously depression is a medical issue but i thought i had like a physical like do i have like lyme disease or like what is going on because it's hard to explain it to someone who doesn't understand and that's the Mm -hmm, tough part about telling it to people is that if they don't understand it you know, they're, they might immediately judge you or you can't explain it to them. So you, you're afraid that they're not going to be able to understand. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, what's the use of telling anybody? So I feel like so many people just like sit with it on the inside because of that. And because they don't want to burden anyone. Yeah. I think that's another thing too, is that you don't totally. want to like bring anybody down with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't want to, you don't wish this on somebody else. So you don't want to affect them and, you know, get, be contagious, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah, Um, I, I have struggled with that because every time I feel like when I, whenever I tell someone what I'm like maybe going through, then I just immediately feel bad for telling them. And I like immediately regret it. And I'm just like, I, I actually don't like, just don't say anything. Cause I don't want to hear your, like, I just don't want your help, but I do mm. want your help. It's like a weird, like, I want your help, but I don't want your help because I don't want to burden you with this, mm. but like, I'm really struggling. So like, I do need help. I just don't really want to ask you for the help because I don't want to like put that on you as well. That yeah. Makes sense. It's like, I want you to want to help me type thing, but also like, sometimes you just need someone to listen. Like you don't need anyone mm-hmm. to fix your problems. Yeah. 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 For sure. You, know, you don't need someone to give you a solution. Um, you don't need someone to be like, well, you should try this or you should do that. It's like, I'm depressed. I literally can't do anything. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to do anything. Like, even if I knew the answer how to fix my problems, like, I'm probably not going to do it because I have no motivation to do anything. 
you know, that's almost what it feels like. Like if somebody yes. had like, the only way that somebody else could fix it is if, you know, they had like, if they were a, a magical genie, you know, or, you know, depression Thanos and they could just snap their <laughs> fingers and snap you out of it. But like, other than that, like, even if you had all the answers, you're like, I don't want to do any of that. I just no. want to stay in bed. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, I have all of the tools in front of me. Like, I know that yoga is something that helps. And I know that journaling and meditation and like talking to my therapist and like, sometimes I need to go on medication for a little boost. But like, mm -hmm. I know that with all of these options in front of me, it's so exhausting and so much work just to take the first step. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so it's so much easier and so much safer to sit in my little hole and just feel depressed. And then like what we were talking about with people wanting to fix you, like telling my mom that I was dealing with depression, she wanted to fix it. Like she knows that if I'm sick, she can give me an Advil, mm -hmm. like some chicken noodle soup, put me in bed, turn on a movie. We're good. You know, if I break a bone, she can take me to a doctor and they can, you know, do an x-ray, put me in a cast. And like, there's concrete steps you can take to fix these sort of things with depression there's not and so mm -hmm. people get so uncomfortable with the not knowing and not understanding they, like I they guess. don't know how to help mm -hmm. yeah. you know and it's like you don't really need to help me no type thing you know and the, like the last the... thing we want is pity like it's yeah and to put it in yeah like not to sound you know like mean or anything but like the last thing i would want is someone to pity me you know, that, that yeah. would make it even worse. It's like, bro, this is like, it's such a mental like struggle and wrestling in my own head. I'd like, like you, you just want someone to kind of understand you so that you don't feel alone. And I really connect with people. Like I'm a generally like, um, extroverted person. And like, I love like doing things as you know, before I didn't want to do anything. But I love it when someone talks about their mental health. I almost gravitate towards that person because I'm like, mm -hmm. whoa, like you're not yeah. perfect. Like sick, <laughs> like let's be friends. Like, you know, what, what's your trauma? You know, like, <laughs> you know, like I love to just connect with someone who, you know, is at a place where they can talk about their mental health. I think it's so sick. I think everyone should, you know, be more open with how they feel. And it's like, it's so easier said than done. Like yeah. so easier said than done. But um, I so admire it when people so do admire like right it. off the bat. I'm like, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're taking that person is like taking off the mask and you're like, whoa, how brave. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> it is, it's crazy because you'll meet like, you know, you'll meet one person and it'll do that. And then maybe you'll meet another person. And like every single time you meet someone like that, it's still just as mind blowing that they're doing it. Like then the first time ago, like you've already seen it once and then you'll you meet someone else new and they'll do it and you're like oh my god like you're the coolest person ever and then like it just is always so exciting not exciting yeah. I mean it's not exciting because I don't it want it is kind of it's, though it's, it's like I mean, yeah it's just like <laughs> maybe not maybe not the best choice of words just you know it's like <laughs> yeah. I guess empowering maybe that you you meet someone else who are going through the same thing yeah. and that they have like the courage to like come out about it and like maybe speak speak on it and whenever you meet someone like that, it is really cool because I think also in a world of just like social media and like technology, everyone is so like closed down and like so shut that they will not like speak out because like they're afraid and they always like hide behind the screen. Like that's like what 
our generation is like known to do is just like hide behind a screen. Mm -hmm. And so when you like meet someone like now who will speak out about it and like, you know, they're just out, not like out of stuff. I feel like (laughs) they came out of the deep, dark depression closet. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just like, it's super reassuring and it is like awesome to find those, those people. And they, I feel like they have like a level of like maturity than some other people may not have yet, yet. It's like, yeah, because yeah. I feel like, you know, with like with social media and Instagram, it's like, you know, it's it's a fantasy and like everyone mm-hmm. is, you know, post that that perfect angle of themselves or the, per, you know, I mean, you see so much, you know, Photoshop even and, you know, trying to achieve perfection. And it's really nice when you see someone kind of take off that mask and yeah. kind of be real. Um, so it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget that people are imperfect. Yeah. You know, you see that all is. of these examples of perfection and and it it's tough because like I social media, you know, it's a great way for everyone to stay connected. And I feel like um as, as a society, we have we have made a lot of strides in the right direction because of social media, because we're so connected and everybody can speak up on certain things, but it it's like taking two steps backwards sometimes, I yeah. feel like. Um okay, I have a question. When you guys kind of maybe came out of your depression, like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's important to like point out, and you said this when we were like planning this episode out, Megan, that like progress is not linear. Uh So obviously, you know, you have good times and you have bad times, but when you maybe came out of it for the first time or just like, I don't know. Um, like, did you guys feel like a sense of relief when you were like finally just like being able to like kind of get back into the groove of things? Or do you think it was like struck? Like, was it still like a struggle to like get back into the groove of things? Does, does this make sense? I hope I'm like wording yeah. this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think for me with depression, it's always waiting for the other shoe to drop. So as soon as I'm feeling good, it's like, this is not normal um, mm-hmm. and not okay. And like, I'm so used to feeling the depression that it's comfortable for me um and so you know I even self-sabotage a little bit sometimes because I'm just so joy is such a vulnerable feeling because and Brene Brown talks about this do you know who that is no I don't so fascinating she's (laughs) a psychologist that studies shame and vulnerability and whoa she is around yeah she's pretty famous she has like a podcast and I don't know if you guys know the TV show Ted Lasso, but like she yeah. influenced some of it, the yeah. writing on that oh show. Oh my god! No way. Yeah, that's so, so cool. I love her, but yeah, she talks about how joy is such a vulnerable feeling, and I completely agree. Sometimes yeah. it's easier for me to just feel depressed than it is yeah. to like myself yeah. out there. It's less work. Yeah. No. So totally. I don't know. It doesn't feel, I guess, easier for me when I'm not deep down in the depths of depression yeah, like yeah I'm just kind of waiting for it to come back mm-hmm. yeah that totally makes sense mm-hmm. yeah I, uh, felt, I felt like for me it was like a, a a little bit different um I was actually this was like a two and a half years ago but um I had a suicide attempt and I was coming out of crisis and um I was like an addict at that time so when I was in the hospital they gave me like this wonderful IV with all these vitamins and nutrients and everything to kind of like set my body right um and they gave me like a doggy dose of um medication for depression 
So when I came out of it, it was almost like a night and day difference for me because my body had been flushed out of like, you know, at least Mm -hmm. a a little bit of those toxins. And then I had, they had given me this um, depression medication and I kind of had like an aha moment of like, whoa, like how, how the heck did I get here? Like, what am I doing? You know, like my mom was there in the hospital and she was worried and I'm just like, and she's calling my brother, my sister, and I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, it was it was like a huge realization for me. And um, then after continuing to take the medication, because I was like so against taking medication, I was like only like, it's a, it's a crutch. Like, I don't want a crutch. But the yeah. my, you know, doctor explained to me, like, no, you have like a medical chemical imbalance in your brain. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, this is... I mean, medication, he explained to me that it's not a forever thing. He's like, we're just, it's like all your wires are crossed and this is helping uncross some of those wires. And the way he explained it to me, I was like, whoa, I never thought about it that way. And he's like, yeah. I'm so glad that you brought up medication because it's Mm. something that I was so against for so many years. Cause like you said, like I didn't, I wanted to feel like I could do it on my own and like, I didn't have the crutch of medication and I wasn't really sure like if I use medication, was I really overcoming depression or was I cheating? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I finally gave in and I used it like two years ago and I'm actually back on it again, just a different medication mm-hmm. now. But yeah, um, I had to understand that, like you said, it's just an imbalance and like the way, you know, someone with diabetes would take medication for insulin, like we- yeah medication for dopamine and serotonin you know like yeah. it's just you it's just a medical thing I guess it's yeah like, it's like so simplified it. really is like it's not I used to think of it like if you have if you have like a mental illness or are you struggling with your mental health I'm just like you're just gonna be like broken forever like this is just how it happened for you good luck you're you know your life is gonna suck like that that's just how it happens but it's like you know it's like going not going to the doctor when you have a broken arm it's like, mm-hmm. you're just going to like, your shirts just aren't going to fit right forever. You're just going to walk around like this. It's like, no, if you had a broken arm, you would go to the doctor, Yeah, you know? So that's what I feel like sucks about like the stigma of mental health is like, oh, you're, you know, you're mentally sick or you're just not right in the head. It's like, no, literally you have a broken, a broken arm, you know, but in your brain, like it's just something that needs to be like healed. And, you know, there's no cure yeah. for mental illness, but it's a hundred percent possible to heal from that. Yeah. I feel you know, it's a struggle. It's still like, it's not like an overnight thing. And even though my experience (laughs) felt like a day and night thing, I still have to maintain that. Like I still have to put in the work and like, I do have my bad days and I, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm better equipped. I have like a toolkit, you know, like a plan B of what do I do during those times, whether it's like go to the gym or like, you know, I listen to music or like play, play my drum set or, you know, eat something, (laughs) you know, sometimes it's as simple as just like going to eat something. Yeah. You know, check in with yourself. Are all of my basic needs Have I slept? Have I slept? Yeah. (laughs) And if you're saying no to all these things, guess what? (laughs) 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 That's probably why right there. Sometimes it can be that simple, Mm -hmm. you know, just having like a mental health checklist, you know, self-care. You know, laughter is a huge thing for me. Like I love, you know, like just joking about things that, you know, really shouldn't be joked about sometimes, but I feel like 
I really need that, like that, you know, turning something serious and being able to laugh about it. Mm -hmm. I feel like for me is very healing and it kind of helps me, you know, like how you talked about with yoga, like, you know, embracing your thoughts, embrace, you know, being friends with that. And I Mm -hmm. feel like that's how I deal, um, you know, with trauma or, you know, past experiences and things like that I have to truly embrace them and like be friends with them and like be mm-hmm. cool and like hey what's up like I'm Chris long time no see <laughs> you know you were kind of you were kind of wilding back then like what's up <laughs> you know but yeah I think also like checking in with yourself it's also kind of a way to stay in touch with your emotions which is so important to like mm-hmm. always you know because yeah. if you're if you're not in touch with your own emotions and like it's, it's really hard to like live your life. It really can be mm-hmm. really difficult if you just don't know if you can't even recognize what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that just even like checking in and just being like, like, how are you doing? Like, is that, yeah. it, it's, it really can help it really just helps you like put in maybe like more of a positive mindset too, of just uh-huh. like, okay, you're maybe not doing good right now, but that's okay. Like, like you can, you can get better. Progress can always be made. You can always do things to help. And like you said, if it's just like checking in and be like, did you eat today? Did you sleep well? Like all those things do have an effect on like how you, how your mental health is. Um, Yeah. yeah. And it's like doing anything. It's like going to the gym. Like, you know how Megan talked about like the beginning of, of yoga, like, you know, starting it or like going to it. Like it's always kind of like tough to, to get into it. But once you do it, you never want to leave that space and yeah. you feel so good. And it can be very vulnerable, like a hundred percent. But I feel like realizing that it's just going to be that way. And you, you just have to be comfortable with the fact that, you know, you don't know if your depression is going to come back. If you yeah. go do this thing, like you don't know, but like, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to know unless you try. Yeah. I think one of my best tools, and I learned this Mm -hmm. from Uplift Yoga Foundation, Mm -hmm. is we have something called Inner BFF. And it's that like positive, encouraging, loving voice inside of your head. Mm -hmm. It's your inner cheerleader. And then the opposite to that would be your inner critic, which is the opposite. It's the voice (laughs) that, you know, is really demeaning and cruel and, you know, your your own worst critic. So, but um, I think being able to like, recognize my inner BFF and what thoughts are my inner BFF thoughts versus my inner critic thoughts has really helped me turn down the volume on my inner critic and turn up the volume on my inner BFF. So like when depression is really getting to me and it feels so hard to get out of bed and do simple things like brush my teeth and drink water and meet my basic needs, like just imagining my inner BFF there with me and saying like, Hey dude, I really need you like all hands on deck right now. Like Mm. let's get some positive encouragement going helps so much. And then imagining this person with me as I'm going throughout my day. Cause like you said, it is so vulnerable. Like sometimes Mm. depression or just any mental illness, it gets to a point where like, you can't hide it. Like Mm -hmm. it's burnt you out that much and you have to go out into the world and just be a depressed person and like people can Mm -hmm. see that and it's kind of embarrassing and shameful at times and that could be like a whole nother discussion but um I feel like having that almost imaginary best friend there with you makes a world's difference because at least you feel 
not only connected to yourself, but like held by something, some other entity. Um, yeah. But that's also it like really gone. does help. Yeah. It's also helped me a ton with like my relationship with myself and self love. So when in doubt, I turn to yeah. interview stuff. I love so, that. I love, yeah, that. I love that too. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for yeah, that. Yeah. Cool. It gives you like a new perspective. That's why I love yeah. like having deep talks and stuff like that. If you could find someone yeah. like in public, like I met this person at the gym, we were talking about stuff like this. And it was so cool because I was able to get like, and I mean, we had fun conversations too. It's not like when you meet someone who talks about depression, it's all you're going to talk about forever. Yeah, no. You know, but it's it's cool to kind of get insight and, mm -hmm. you know, tools that other people use. And I mean, you know, when we learn new things, sometimes we take, you know, practices that other people do and then we kind of cater it to like what works for us and take little bits and pieces. And mm -hmm. so I feel like it's really beneficial to have these um conversations yeah. and kind of touching really quick on what we were talking about of just like embracing you know the vulnerability of having those good days and not knowing when depression is going to hit um mm -hmm. i heard this really great quote and i feel like it it perfectly describes like how i live kind of um the quote says shoot for the moon if you miss you'll die in space which is also cool <laughs> that is, I love that I'll and I, I also like I want to say too like I feel like um depression can be relatable to like other things like I know like my experience like as a gay man like I've been in the closet before like with my sexuality and it it feels very very similar to that like mm -hmm. you you're just kind of alone you're putting this mask on you don't want anyone to know um so I feel like especially anyone who has struggled with that any you don't know what it's like to go through depression um it's pretty similar to that sometimes like I have questioned in my life many times if I've ever like really felt like true happiness mm. and I don't know if like there even is such a thing like I don't I don't know like I, I don't who knows if there's like That's a real. full scale of like if there's a thing of like complete utterly true happiness in your life and every single time I think like oh like this feels so good I like don't like I, I don't even want to like feel it because it's it's too good of a feeling that mm -hmm. I just like I would rather be like what you were kind of saying I would rather be in like kind of like the depressed like little hole and just like because it's easier to feel like that because I feel like that's just me more times than not mm -hmm. so when you do feel like that sense of just like gratefulness and just like complete happiness you like don't know what like for me it's just like I don't know what to do I'm just like, like what's a happened? foreign feeling it's like it's such a foreign feeling yeah. and then I will immediately think like okay like something bad is about to happen to me like this is way too good of a feeling like I cannot I can't this can't be real kind of a thing and mm -hmm. whenever I also feel that feeling of like wow this is like I don't know what this feeling is. Mm -hmm. It's I it's always when I cry the most, which is so weird and it's like happy tears cuz I'm not in like a depressed state but I'm just like so overwhelmed happy that I'm like I don't know like I just start crying <laughs> like it's yeah. just so it's such like <laughs> yeah. a weird yeah. thing and when I tell people I'll be like yeah like I cried today and they're like oh what happened? I'm like like just for the first time I felt happy which is just something that I don't feel often yeah so it's just like it, it's I don't know it's a very weird feeling and it, it's sad that it's not like that all the time I wish it was but 
that's what progress is for. That's what we're trying to get no, to. <laughs> dude. And that's so like, that's so sick. Like, I feel like I love you like so much more. <laughs> like that's such a real thing. Like yeah. you just said, and like, I don't know about you, Megan, but I've definitely thought that before. Yeah, 100%. And if it makes you feel better, humans are not made to feel happy all the time. Like, yeah, you know, we are animals and we are basically hotwired to just survive. And part of yeah. that is experiencing a lot of things like anxiety and sadness and mm anger and all of these negative emotions we're not supposed to feel positive emotions all the time because they're mm -hmm. frankly not beneficial for survival <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah and so, i think that you need to have those bad times in yeah. like to Ordered. appreciate yeah those good times when they do happen yeah otherwise it's like christmas every day and that, yeah. that's like that's this not special overkill. because it's every day yeah you know yeah. what i mean yeah it's like inside out it's like basically the whole like like oh, i love i, love I inside out's one of my favorite movies of like all time <laughs> i cried so I hard, cried so hard. And i never it's cry so, like it's at so movies good. or anything it's yeah oh, it's so good but inside i mean that's like the whole point of the movie is to show that you need all of the emotions all, all working together yeah. yeah in a balance and that's when like joy realizes like oh we need sadness in our life it's okay yeah. to have like a what do they call it? Like the islands, the uh, personality islands oh, or something? Yeah, yeah. Like it's okay for one of those to be like sad because we have to like be in touch with our emotions and like mm -hmm. it's okay to be emotional sometimes. Yes. Let's mm -hmm. normalize being emotional and being yeah. yes. like we're meant to feel. We're not robots, <laughs> it's not input and output. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not yet. Like we our technology <laughs> has an advance where we can transport, you know, our brains into, you know, mechanical bodies, which I'm so excited for because I've always wanted to be, <laughs> I've always wanted to have like mechanical limbs and stuff. But like, yeah, like we're we're human beings. I mean, Ooh. we're imperfect. That's the yeah. point of us, you know, and that's we have these emotions and it's so important to feel these emotions and you know our our first kind of instinct is to is to hide our emotions mm -hmm. you know because we feel like it shows weakness and you know that could be like kind of like a hereditary thing from like ancestrals you know but when it comes to survival and stuff like that you know but we're not throwing spears at no. boards <laughs> and like hunting for food anymore like we live in a society where we're able to kind of you know, relax and not be hunted, you know, every second of every day. Um, so I feel like, you know, showing our emotions is we have a little bit more room to do that. And I think that everybody has these emotions. It's like being afraid to ask a dumb question in class. You yeah. Know? How many people in the room do you are you think that are not asking the question because they don't want to look stupid? Mm -hmm. You know, have you ever like had someone ask a question they thought was dumb? And then you're like, oh, my gosh. Like yeah. me too. Like yeah. I'm not that, like that. what? Oh my gosh, I didn't understand it either. And I've been in this class for like three semesters. Like yeah, you know, everybody has these thoughts, these internal thoughts. And yeah, emotions. and everyone's feelings and emotions are valid. Like if you, I think you know, if you're, let's say like in a fight with someone, or and you might personally, you don't see their point of view. You just like don't understand it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't like you can't lessen their feelings toward you or like their emotions because obviously something that you said or like whatever the situation may be like made them react in that way and mm -hmm. like they're valid like everyone's feelings and emotions are valid and people just need yeah. to know that <laughs> yeah 100 percent. you yeah. know and like it doesn't give you like an excuse to be like a jerk to someone no. but you know like yeah your emotions are valid and 
and at the same time too like we all say things in the moment that like we don't mean yeah you know and it's it's important to like kind of remember that and you know it's like someone says something hurtful to you and they come and apologize to you it's like you know that's this happened to me the other day like someone and i didn't even realize that they said anything hurtful to me they were just kind of like over overthinking the conversation and you know they were like oh i'm so sorry i said this and i was like dude it's totally cool like it's all good like it's in the yeah. moment like I, I didn't even really think about it after that but like until you said something right now but you know and like things you know we're just we're so imperfect you know and we 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 put you know ourselves on this pedestal sometimes and we we think of like other people as perfect and we like compare ourselves I feel like that's something that's like a huge part of um depression too that I experience when I was deep into it I would compare myself to happy people and yeah. be like and be even more hard on myself why aren't why aren't I like this person like how is it so easy for them to be happy um, but newsflash, I don't think it is easy for anyone to be happy, <laughs> you know, it's just every, everyone has their different journeys and are in their different stages of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that is I because people ask me, like, would you ever wish that you didn't have depression? And I'm like, you know, it would be so much easier. But like, <laughs> I'm honestly so glad that it is part of me because. It's given me so much humanity and respect for other people and like you just never know what's going on in someone else's life mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you know you go to a restaurant and the waiter is just terrible and you want to you know get upset and frustrated and be like I deserve better service but it's like you don't know what happened in their day like yeah they could be dealing with depression their mom could have died it's just given me so much compassion for others and what they might be going through you just can't guess it and we're, yeah. we've gotten so good as a society at hiding these things yeah yeah so I true. love that you said that because that feel like I would never take back my depression or any of my experiences like anything because it's made me the person that I am today and I do have that that compassion for other people like after once I had my depression and like after that now like I don't I don't really sweat the small stuff like if someone cuts me off in traffic or or let's say like you know you're in traffic and I used to have like really bad road rage like now I'm in traffic and if someone you know I've been, I've been waiting in this in this line for like 30 minutes and so here comes someone driving on the shoulder I'll let them in yeah like what the heck like it's you know like whatever and if someone cuts me off it's like okay you know whatever they're probably having like a really rough day or you know i think about all those outernal things because 99 percent of the time it's not you yeah you know, they're not cutting so you true. off because they don't like you or they're not cut you know like you shouldn't take it it's someone cutting off because they're like because you're a pushover yeah you just can't take the things too personally and you can't sweat the small stuff like you said chris yeah. And it takes time to get to that point too. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, us telling this to you is not going to all of a sudden like change your mind and right. you know, fix all your problems. <laughs> but like little things like this, when you, when you have like these type of discussions and talks, you like little seeds get planted and like certain things stick with you. And then you find yourself, you know, unintentionally kind of taking from, you know, these like conversations and experiences and things like that and that's that's why i i'm so passionate like when it comes to talking about mental health like i have 
a wide variety of conversations every day. Like I don't talk about mental health 24 seven. I don't, you know, share my feelings with everyone that I meet. You know, I have, you know, close relationships and I have relationships of like all kinds to, you know, and it's not, they, they all don't know exactly what's going on, you know, with me, like every second of every day. Um, but I do, I do like open myself to having these conversations and I think it's important. I think it's, you know, you're not necessarily, you know, I feel like trauma dumping is one thing, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I honestly, I hate that trauma dumping is a, as a term because I feel like people can confuse that with someone just sharing their feelings. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that could be a negative connotation for someone to say, oh my gosh, you're trauma dumping or, oh my gosh, she's trauma dumping, you know? Do you maybe want to explain what would make it trauma dumping versus like safely sharing from your heart? Yeah. So I feel, and this is the context that I've seen it on is like, uh, live streams on like Twitch where someone, um, in the comment section will like send a whole like paragraph of like what is going on with them. Or I feel like, like if you get, um, a text message from someone and they sent like, oh, it, I feel like it's trauma dumping if you don't really know the person, mm -hmm. you know, and they, you don't really know anything about them, but they, they kind of, I don't know. See, cause I'm not, these are just how I've seen it before. And I've seen discussions right. around this mm -hmm. topic. So I feel like if like someone were to send this to me, I think I would react different, you know, me personally um because also like I work in mental health <laughs> so right. like someone trauma dumping to me isn't like a negative thing in my opinion yeah but I have seen this topic and it's really mm -hmm. popular like in streams like streamers are like oh my gosh like don't trauma dump or they have like strict rules like no trauma really dumping. interesting yeah wow, so trauma dumping is kind of like this term that I don't know if any of you have ever, ever heard of this I, term. I yeah. have heard I have heard of it and I think maybe my answer to your question Megan is what the difference maybe is that if you are trauma dumping to maybe your friend, I think the difference when you're trauma dumping versus just sharing how you're feeling or just sharing your emotions is when you either make it kind of their problem or mm -hmm. kind of also like put it like as a burden to them where you you know, it's like fishing for compliments. Like you're just saying it to kind of get the, com yeah. get the compliment. Okay, the I think that's a good... Yeah. Like yeah. this is like, you're telling your friend, like maybe all this bad stuff happening to you, maybe one to feel the pity from them and two kind of like to make them feel bad for you, which maybe might the same thing as pity actually. I don't know. But, um, See, I feel like we should talk about safe ways to talk about trauma because mm -hmm. my understanding of trauma dumping is like basically dumping and then yeah. like peace out. I'm just going to like leave because yeah. I think a lot of people like to just drop it and then they're maybe not, it's too vulnerable to like stay there for the after part to like receive the compassion or the understanding or whatever mm -hmm. it may be yeah um it's kind of just like a way to get it off their chest and like pop out without and the, the vulnerability yeah. of the after experience I guess <laughs> yeah um so which is why it makes so much sense that this is happening on twitch like people just typing it and then like okay yeah it's not okay, mine see you anymore. later you know see you later yeah um I feel like 
to knowing, like, I love Chris that you're like, if you're going to trauma dump, do it to me. Because I think knowing who is worthy of hearing this is like so important. Like you have to know who is worthy of your energy and your time and who's Mm going to respond safely and compassionately, as opposed to, you know, sometimes we just say these things to the wrong person and then you're super disappointed. Um, Also, another thing is like, when you're talking about trauma with someone, you do have to be a little vulnerable and a little willing to receive because sometimes we share these things and then we close ourselves off and mm-hmm. we're not even like, like we might make a joke or like laugh it off. And then the other person mm-hmm. might not even realize how serious it is because you're doing that. And yeah. that like, this yeah. is a call for help. So mm-hmm. that's another part of it is like, it's so true conveying how real it is to you. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And I think that, you know, if you're worried about being that person, like, like Brianne, how you were saying that, like, you know, if you tell someone, you know, what you're going through and sometimes you like regret it, you're like, why mm-hmm. did I say that? Why did I, you know, like um, talking about your feelings? I'm just going to say ta- trauma dumping, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to use, start using it in like a more positive way. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're trauma dumping, you know, it, you're going to feel that regret, I'm sure, like at first or for a while, or like however long it takes. But that's the tough part about, you know, sharing your feelings and talking like, you know, especially when you're when you're trying something new, or you're doing something new, like yoga, or like going to the gym, the beginning is always the hardest part, you know, and that negative self talk of like, oh, I didn't do that right, or I should have done it this way you know, getting in the practice of being a, you know, of doing something new, you're going to get better at it over time. And I think that, you know, you're going to regret yourself. You're going to regret doing it possibly like in the beginning, but over time, I think you're going to, you're going to respect the fact that you tried and you're Mm -hmm. going to like really know yourself and be like, Hey, like, wow. Like I really kind of taught myself, you know, to speak up and to share my feelings and whether I did that, you know, in the wrong way, I'm proud of myself for, you know, having the guts to do that and to advocate for myself. And I think that there's a lot of positive things that you could look at as opposed to negative things about, you know, yeah. trauma dumping, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. I have a I have a quick question for you guys. What, what is I would say, okay, you could say this either either way, like either what's like the most annoying thing to hear or like what's the best thing to hear. I guess both. Like, what is the most annoying thing to hear? The best thing to hear when you do tell someone something pretty deep or just like you're just like talking about your feelings or emotions, depression, whatever that may look like, or you're trauma dumping, could be trauma dumping. And like, what do you think is something that like in response, like what is something that you want to hear? And then what is something that you don't want to hear? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, Megan, you want to go first? (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking about it. I would say like something that I don't want to hear is you should. Yeah. It starts with you should. I'm already not interested. Yeah. That's a really good answer. Yeah. Yeah. And not like, look, like if you want to say you should, like, I totally get that, you know, you, you, you feel like you need to give someone advice and like you, you feel like you need to help someone, but I feel like you know, everyone has their own different perspective. And, you know, while you're telling someone how you truly feel, you know that they're not going to see it the same way that you do. And mm-hmm. you don't have the same lives. So if someone but starts it, off by saying, you know, Chris, you should, then I'm immediately like, no, you know, 
that's not what it means. Yeah. Well, it's like unsolicited advice, right? Like you're not really going up to them to like get the advice. You're just going them like just to like get it out of you. Yeah. More so which like does sound selfish out of context. Um, but I feel like if you're going to someone that you you do have like some kind of relationship where you feel like you can do that with them. Um, so I feel like, you know, if you do have that relationship then it's not, it's not just like selfishly using them. It's like you, you can go to them or, you know, that they'll respond in a way. Yeah. And I mean, that's what friends are for, you know, they are, they are. For, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Cause I think my favorite thing to hear is, do you want me to listen or do you want me to respond yeah like just ask like you can ask if you're the person on the receiving end and sometimes that is so good because then you can have the power to say I just want you to listen and like you know get acknowledging words back like I hear you or I get it or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and you know that's a really great point yeah that's a really I like that yeah I think that's like a really important thing to just kind of put out there because I do think a lot of people want to help or want to just listen but they don't really know how or like if if they don't have something that's like they just don't understand this type of experience that you're going through I think Mm -hmm. it can be really hard on the receiving end to like respond correctly and they don't it's not like they're trying to you know, respond in an incorrect way. Like they're trying to like be there for you, but I think Mm -hmm. sometimes it can just come off poorly and they don't, it's like, again, it's like not perfect. Like they're really not trying to come off poorly, but it just does. So I think Mm -hmm. it's just like important to like, know, like, you know, something that you want to hear. And I think the question of like, do you want me to listen or do you want me to like respond is a really good way of just like, putting it out there then it kind of gives the person who's like in the vulnerable state to like have Mm -hmm. the control of like I just want you to listen or I actually really need advice yeah Yeah. so and I think when giving advice avoiding you shoulds is so important yeah because I feel like a lot of that also comes from you feel like you have to give someone advice Mm -hmm. you know so that's why it can even when you say you should it can feel almost like disingenuine you know, because that's just, I mean, yeah, avoid, I love that. Avoid the you shoulds. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to, don't feel like you have to give people advice. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I feel like the best way to respond in an instance in which your friend is like, no, I do want a little bit of help and a little bit of advice mm-hmm. is just asking curious questions. Like, how do you want to feel? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Yeah. I think just asking them questions about the situation and being interested and you're going to come to a solution or at least some affirmation or validation of sorts out of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, just immediately jumping to like you fixes. Yeah. You shoulds. Mm-hmm. I feel like that cheapens the experience. And then you're not mm-hmm. going to like connect with your friend on that deep and vulnerable level. I feel like it's such a precious opportunity when someone feels comfortable to come to you and share with you like these are my real human problems. Like mm-hmm. take that opportunity because this is a really great time for you guys to get to know each other on a real level and to yeah. get really close. A hundred percent. Having those deep talks, I mean, you, you can learn so much about other human beings, like having these deep oh, talks yeah. and, 
whether you can relate to it or not i mean it's not really for you to relate necessarily like if someone is comfortable enough to like come to you and talk about how they're feeling like i mean take it as a learning experience anything if you wanted to take something from it like you know just being just two humans you know sharing their experiences i think it's so cool because yeah. i mean yeah. on the daily we're we're always bombarded with you know like with media and you know fantasies and things we should strive for and like want and all these other things that when I feel like it's really special when you have these 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 moments with other human beings that are like talking about their real raw emotions mm-hmm. and I just think it's so cool and it doesn't it doesn't happen all the time no and I think if you I've had I've had some weird situations happen to me where I've been kind of forced into talking about some like really deep things about myself. Ooh. And I think it, it's just like not like what do you mean? Like yeah. what how, how like, does that happen? Okay. So the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I I was a part of this this team when I was in high school and they were a lot of it it was very like, like the coach was very intense and that's okay. I mean, I understand what she was trying to like do is kind of just try to get like the raw emotions out. I was a dancer. So trying mm-hmm. to get like the raw emotions out and like the dance. Um, and there was always like one like sad dance. I mean, it was just like sad songs. It was just like sad dance, whatever. And they, in order to like, kind of get down, like kind of like they kind of just believed that if everyone knew on the team what you were going through, then that would help you kind of like help everyone and like help yourself, like kind of just put out all your emotions out on like into the, into the dance. Mm -hmm. So it was a very like, okay, we're going to sit down and we're going to have this really long chat with everyone. And everyone's going to go around and just say like, they're basically like kind of like their deepest, darkest secret or like the deepest thing about them. And I was always super uncomfortable <laughs> with this because it's one extremely intense, intense for like a high schooler to do that. Yeah. Two, you know, when you're on a team, you're not necessarily best friends with like no. all of the people on this team. Yeah. And I understand it was kind of like a team bonding exercise, but like, this is like, I mean, people would say some like really intense, like things that they're going through because I mean like they just kind of felt like they had like this was their opportunity this was their space to do it Mm -hmm. and I was just very like you know I don't necessarily trust all these people like these girls could just go out back to lunch and tell them you know tell all their friends like this and this because we're not that close and it the team was you know it was from freshmen to seniors too so it's not like we're all in the same grade and yada 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 so I've been in weird situations where like I had to do that and I just think that like if you force like a really deep conversation onto people and you just like, you know, like what is your deepest, darkest secret? Like right away, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, that's not like a healthy way to go about this. And I think when you have a deep conversation with someone, it is really special because it's like natural and it just like happened. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I mean, this podcast is kind of talk it's we kind of did force this to happen obviously because we like <laughs> yeah. we did record it but yeah this, hey think, megan do you want to come on and talk about like, <laughs> like some deep dark stuff <laughs> you know it's like at the same time it's like now this was something else that happened it's like they would be like okay like that's not deep enough and they would kind of like <gasps> un- in, like 
oh, no. like, not rude. validate what you would say because you know some people were obviously like uncomfortable by whatever they were kind of forcing us to do so then they'd be like you need to say something deeper like we know you've been through something deeper and it's like okay you can't like you can't force like you can't force someone to say something that they're not comfortable with so like i feel like this podcast i'm a bit okay with it because it's like anything that you know you guys are comfortable with talking you can say i'm not forcing you to be like hey you need yeah. to go deeper i need to know everything about you like it's not like that so um i don't know i think that if you you shouldn't force like a really deep conversation to, you know, no, happen. I think, that's I think that would be an opportunity <laughs> that I would take to not take something seriously. Yeah. Like if somebody like if I was in a group setting like that, someone's like, what's your deepest, darkest secret? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to take it seriously. I'd be like, I'm the Zodiac killer, <laughs> you know, or just like mess around. Like I wouldn't, I'm not going to tell like yeah. a group my yeah. deepest, darkest secret. Yeah. You know, like that's weird. If it's like a group of my friends, even then, I don't know. You really, I feel like I, I want to be clear that, like, with the having these certain conversations, like, you don't need to reveal like your deepest, darkest secrets. Mm -mm. No. When you're, when you have a good relationship with someone. I mean, no. Those are, this is, you know, you, it's your life. You do what is comfortable, like, with you and you share what you are comfortable sharing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I for sure. That, that, yeah. You don't need to uh, put like everything out on display. No. Unless you want to. If you're yeah, comfortable I mean, with that. If you're a good you're open book, that's great. You can trust and you have that relationship, then sure, go ahead. But yeah, I feel like it's very um, you know, it's very situational. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and that was just a that was just like a really weird situation. But yeah, that's kind of weird. That was just, you know whatever and also yeah. like you know i just didn't know my coaches that well either so it's like i mean like i knew them yeah, I, knew tell, I, I see them every day but these are like some like middle-aged women that like i don't really know anything else outside of school yeah you're us. like my parents died that's not <laughs> deep enough we want you to dig a little bit deeper you're like uh like, oh, okay like yeah so <laughs> i don't know i think just like it is really important to just like not force that onto anyone and like don't ever oh, make totally. anyone feel uncomfortable about like they don't want to share something they don't want to share it like that's just they, you don't need to, you know, there's no like excuses. There's no like trying to like saying why, like, no, like they don't want to say it. They don't have to say it. End of story. Yeah. Like move on. <laughs> yeah. And if you find yourself in this situation, have fun, you know, have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. just kind of mess with them. Maybe just, just you know, just mess with them, you know, don't be mean, but just like have fun with it. Like, you know, you don't have to share things you don't want to share. Yeah. yeah. Last time we talked, we talked a little bit about um, the game. We're not really strangers. Yeah. And they actually have two cards in the game set and it says get deeper and you can like, if someone's not, which is so interesting because this is literally what we're talking about, but <laughs> if someone, I guess, is not going there, you can hand them to the get deeper card and they mm. have to like take it down a level. But mm. yeah, when we play, we just get rid of those cards. It's not fair. Yeah. It's yeah. To be fun. yeah. That's like, yeah. 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 And I don't know. I don't know. I just then think someone's like, going to be like, when they go deeper, you're like, I don't like pickles. Well, should we like talk about our like movie? Should we like move into our movie sex? Yeah, I know. Like off the podcast, you were really excited to tell us yours. So yeah, I am. I am really excited to tell you guys my movie. Or It's actually two shows. Okay. And one of them just came out. Like technically it hasn't even really come out. They just released three episodes Backstage early TV. last night so that that show is daisy jones and the six i don't know if you guys really? have heard it have you guys no. heard the show what is it on? it 
it's on Amazon Prime, kind of oh, a weird love. site, but they have really good like secret hidden gems. I have Prime, um, yeah. And it's ba- it's based off of a book. And my roommate wrote the book and she loved the book. So she was like really excited for the show. And then I got really excited for the show because the cast is really good. It has Sam Claflin. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but Mm-mm. he was in like Me Before You. If you guys have <gasps> ever seen that really sad movie. Yes! Yeah. Yeah. Oh, He's also in The Hunger cry. Games. Um, so yeah, oh, he's is in he it. in White Lotus? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Was he also in Divergent? Yeah. 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 I- think i know who you're talking about he's like a british actor he's also in a movie called love rosie that i love mm-hmm. i think um, I, yeah he is british yeah um uh, he's in it and then there's this other uh, she's like a singer she's also in love rosie her name's suki waterhouse i don't know if you guys have heard her oh i know suki waterhouse yeah so she's in it too and it's basically like this it's a show about like this band and mm. in like the 70s and but how they like set how the show is done is that it's in the like in the future and it's like a documentary and it's like a fake documentary like and they're all talking about like their experiences in the band and like something happens and that's like now they're not a part of the they're not in the band anymore it's so good though and the music is amazing and they like put out the whole album of like all the the songs that they like made as like the band and it's it's such a good show i loved it already that's so and then cool the other show the i'm that I'm obsessed with is called Poker Face. And this one's on Peacock, I think. Mm. I think. And I've only watched like two episodes. And it's also a newer show. And this one's about like this girl, this woman is like her like superpower. It's not even like a superpower. It's more she just can always tell when someone's lying, just immediately will know. She's like a human truth or lie detector. And so she like went on her way, like all around the country and played at all these poker matches and she got like, she just always won. Like she was just, and so everyone, like all these people thought she was cheating, but she wasn't. And then she like kind of went, she like stopped playing poker, worked at this hotel. And then is like now in a sticky situation and it's like really, she's like on the run now, but she's like, it's a really, really good show. What? I'll check that out. Poker face and poker face, and then Daisy Jones and the Six. Daisy Jones and the Six. Yeah. Check that out. Those are my two shows. What about you, Megan? What are you watching? Okay. You watch TV? I watch tons. Okay. (laughs) Yay! I guess I have two as well. So I'm rewatching right now How I Met Your Mother. Oh, because I love that show. Yes, I'm one of those crazy people that. Well, not so crazy. I think it's a valid opinion. <laughs> yeah. I think that How I Met Your Mother is better than Friends. <gasps> I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. Oh. We can be the best friends now because I agree so with that. <laughs> there is always such a divide between the two. And I'm so anti How I Met Your Mother. Really? And so pro Friends. Like, I, I think I just grew up watching Friends. And then I just That's never. Fair. Yeah, but there's always a divide. It's like. It's always one or the other, I feel like. I think Friends, there's such a bias towards it because it's such a household TV show and it's just freaking always on. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think I never like actually sat down and watched How I Met Your Mother in order until the pandemic. And I was like, mm-hmm. this show is good. It's so good. Did what? you like it's Friends so well at first and then you became a fan of How I Met Your Mother or was it just... Yeah. Really? It was like that point in the pandemic where I had seen everything and I was like, well, you know what? 
I'm curious about this show. Like I've seen a few episodes kind of like just on the air. Um, and so I ended up watching it in order. It's just, it's so clever. I think it's so well thought out for me. Friends is like a comfort show. It's more if I want to like get a quick laugh, but Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so much meaning to how I met your mother. It just makes me feel so good. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I love how I met your mother. I love it so much. Except for the end. I I don't love the ending, but that's okay. Yeah. The, they well, have eight other great lovely. seasons. <laughs> yeah. My other show is, I feel like I have to shout out, I kind of already spoiled it, Ted Lasso, because they're coming out with another season this yeah. month. Mm. I freaking love that show. I've never seen that. I've never seen it. <gasps> I've been like recommended it. it so many times, but I don't have Apple TV and I'm like, oh, yeah. it's yeah. worth the subscription. Let me tell you, if you can yeah. do like a free trial or something and just like bust Isn't it, it like a sports off. thing okay but that's the thing I'm not a sports person me neither it's yeah. so good yeah. it's so good it's I not so much more than that yeah. yeah it's 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 like one of the most like positive happy shows that mm-hmm. like has ever existed like it's just so like just so feel good and also it deals with mental health on such a real level mm-hmm. really yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know Ted Lasso is based off of a skit that he did like in 2013. Yeah. For like for that like Jason did? Yeah. Uh-huh. On SNL. It wasn't, I don't think for SNL, it was for something else. I think it was for like ESPN or like the NFL or something. Something like, like that. It was like a commercial that like he made for like that, but then he kind of made this whole character out of it. Whoa, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's come a long way. Yeah. Yeah. As far as like stuff I'm watching, I mean, I always talk about this because I watch it every Sunday with my friends, but The Last of Us. Oh um, yeah. Really, really good. Um, but I feel like I've been watching a lot of uh stuff on YouTube lately, like about space. I've been mm. super into Ooh. like those like quick, like 30, 45 minute um like videos on space or like conspiracy theories like i love conspiracy theories i had like a time in like 2015 where i got like in too deep (laughs) and like it was a thing to where i was just like oh my gosh everything is luciferian and like the big bangs control like it was just not a good place to be so i had to like stop but like I love like stuff on space. So like I I watched like Joe Rogan podcast where he talks to like scientists and stuff like that. Like Neil De- um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Have you heard of him? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I love Neil. I actually have like one of his books, um, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. Oh. Yeah. Which is <laughs> super cool. Like I, I love like space stuff. It, it, I I don't retain a lot of information about stuff I learned about space. But I just love listening to it. Like, it's so me calming too. to me. Like, it's I don't know calming? what it is. Like, yeah. I feel like it's all learning about all the ways our world could just end in a split second. <laughs> I, it's so calming. <laughs> yeah. It's know, so I... calming knowing, like, how insignificant we all are if you look at us from space. This like, is we're so just true. this floating ball. It just makes me, it makes me content with, like, you know, things that like we worry about in the day to day, like if you just zoom out and you see like this tiny little blue ball, you're just like, whoa, like this stuff really yeah. doesn't matter. And like as much <laughs> as we think it does. I think that's what it is. And also, like, I like the the unknown. I don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. I get a lot of comfort from that. Have you yeah. seen Chris um, 2001 Space Odyssey? I actually have not. So I just watched it for the first time. 
And it is probably one of the craziest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And it is such a cool space movie. Like if you just want to look at if you want to just look at space in like kind of a creepy, eerie way, which I feel like is your vibe because you like creepy things. Mm -hmm. It is such a good movie to watch. Like highly recommend. I'll actually have to check it out because now that you said that, like there's something when it comes to I I typically stay away from like outdated space stuff. I don't know. I think it's just this, my bias, you know, because yeah. I'm like, well, you know, we've come a long way since then. We've learned so much more. So like watching something super old wouldn't be like necessarily what I'm into. But I do love The Shining is one of my favorite movies mm. of all time. The Stanley Kubrick film. Yeah, it's the same um, guy. And then, yeah. And then also uh, Clockwork Orange. Like I, mm. I love him as a director. And I think that's like his only uh, p- big movie that I have not seen yet, which is weird because I do love space yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's like me and my roommate were talking that if it wasn't so visually like aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing to look at, it would probably mm-hmm. be kind of a boring movie. But okay. because the that. visuals and like how they just like everything is just so like this, it's just very like the same, but like so cool and so retro mm-hmm. that it makes up for it. And like the effects that they do is insane, especially because it was like made in the 60s. So, like they didn't have like CGI and like there's this whole scene and you're like what is happening like, yeah how like is this, it looks i've seen snippets it looks like, impressive yeah like yeah it's really cool date. so like i've always kind of struggled with being like oh should i just give it a shot should i watch it better you than should that? Watch so it. now that you said that yeah for yeah, sure i'll really, have to check it out it's yeah. really good it's really cool and it's it's a bit creepy too like i was like a little spooked at some yeah. parts yeah Ooh. yeah I love um that. well yeah thanks so much for for joining us thank um, you <laughs> I've had so much fun. This has been such a good episode. If you like this show and want to help support us, please like and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Also, you can leave us a review and rate the show. Another way, easy way to support us is to share the show with your friends and family that might like it as well. In order to keep this podcast growing, we would love if you would fill out our survey. Uh, it only takes about five minutes and it helps us know what you want to hear. Um, the survey will be linked in our show notes. Um, if you want to connect with us, you can find us on our social medias. Uh, our Instagram is NAMI underscore OC. Our TikTok is NAMI underscore OC. Our Facebook is NAMI Orange County. Our YouTube is NAMI Orange County. And you can email us at anxietysucks at NAMIOC.org. Uh, Megan, is there any like resources from like Uplift that you want to add in there that oh you want to like put in here? We have so many. Basically, if you go to our website, upliftyogafoundation.org, there's a resources page and awesome. there's meditation videos. There's yoga videos. We have a podcast too. And so on there, there's some guided meditations. Um, and we have journal prompts, like the whole bit. So basically everything that I practice in my day-to-day life, highly cool. recommend you check it out. Cool. And I'll also add that website in our show notes too. So Perfect. you can click it down there. Easy access. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thanks. Thank you for listening to Anxiety Sucks. If you like the show, please rate and review it on your favorite podcast app. It helps more people find the show and helps us share our message of mental wellness to people in our community. If you want to hear more of Anxiety Sucks, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Anxiety Sucks is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical or psychiatric advice, diagnoses, nor treatment. Anxiety Sucks is funded by the Orange County Healthcare Agency, Mental Health and Recovery Services, 
Office of Suicide Prevention, Mental Health Services Act Prop 63.